Steve Vines is with us. Uh, good morning, uh, Steve. You're looking a bit black and blue this morning. What happened? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, covering Ledgeco. <laughs> It's uh, it's a tough life it's out there. It's a tough one, yes. <laughs> I mean, we're we're in. Um, oh, that was a joke, incidentally. In case the listener <laughs> misinterpreted that in any way whatsoever, we haven't started yet. It's, we, it's yeah, a we, joke. We, 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 we've yet to get going, <laughs> but um, no, we've got um, as ever lots going on. Hmm. I mean, of course, the one of the headline items is the fact that the. Um, Court, the High Court has finally ruled on this um, judicial review that was submitted by Lan Chong Ying and um, Rimsky Korsakov or Rimsky Yoon or whatever his name is. It's uh, taken time though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, to be fair, two weeks. Mm. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not an acre of time. But, mm. but, uh, uh, but you know, we know where we are with this because whatever the local courts say, it's already been overruled by what was said in Beijing. But what, what, <laughs> what makes me well, I was going to say laugh, but it really isn't funny. Hmm. Is all the weasels are now saying, you see, you see, you see? They've come out with exactly the same conclusion as the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress. So why in, did we bother? In Beijing. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> but they don't go, why did we bother? They go, they vindicated. They vindicated the decision of the people in Beijing hmm. to to step in before a local court was even able to, to make a ruling. Well, their explanation is really dangerous. I mean... There's one or two explanations. One is that they're saying, you know, we've managed to put pressure on the local courts to such an extent mm. that we can be sure that the judge will make a ruling in line with um, what the bosses are saying upstairs in in, um, in the fabulous mm. northern capital. Mm. Or they have to say, and and then it gets a bit sort of, you know, weaselly, weaselly difficult, but then they have to say, or... Um, yeah, well, you know, when they said it was urgent, I mean, it was really urgent. Um, you know, I mean, because if they, if if Beijing hadn't moved and the court had, oh gosh, no, wait a minute, that line of argument doesn't work. So then they go, <laughs> well, it's to do with the fact that um, it was um, um, anyway, it was obvious. Oh well, if it was obvious, why did Beijing yeah. step in, in the first place? Yeah. If the existing law, which is what the um, uh, Mr. Justice Au was looking at, he wasn't looking at the interpretation, or well, at least that's what he said. If the existing law covered all of this, then why? Why, why did you need to step in, send did- this chill through mm. the whole legal system, the whole system of justice in Hong Kong, and basically tell the world that if you're involved in a court case in Hong Kong and the government in Beijing fears that it won't go the way it wants, they would just step in and overrule the courts. I mean, was so that, did we think that's what happened, that they just thought it was going to go the, go the wrong way and so they thought they'd just get in there? Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that the way these things are seen in Beijing is that the courts here should be much more like they are in, in, in the uh, mainland itself. In other words, as soon as you step into a court of law, the outcome is you already, already know. predetermined. Mm. Um, you know, 99.9% of cases that come before a court in Beijing involving... Uh, uh, not not private disputes, but involving the government, always go in favour of the government. So, you know, I mean, they're looking at Hong Kong, they're going, yeah, but if we're in Hong Kong and the courts, you know, just don't behave themselves, we'd better step in and uh, deal with it. I assume this was the logic. Don't know. I don't, uh, don't have a seat at the table up there. Last week you, you raised the point um, that, you know, is this just uh, about stirring things up so that they can bring in Article 23 
uh, the anti-subversion, um, and, and nobody will argue because well, because that, that, a- that I think is 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 now where we're heading because um, you don't get the volume of talk that you've had from the usual suspects, not least Siwai Leung, who's who's been banging on about this quite a lot in recent days about bringing in this legislation. Remember, this is the legislation that was defeated on the streets mm. in two thousand and three by the. Article 23 Action Group, I believe it was called at the time. Or Anyway, the fact is, there was very large, widespread discontent. It's an anti-subversion law, mm. the extent of which is quite chilling, because, you know, once you have the mindset of the Chinese Communist Party, what is defined as subversion has a very, very wide remit. So that's why people are worried about it. But the the, the interesting thing now is, you know, it's not going to stop there. They're going to mm. bring in this... You can already see that, that, that they're very happy. Of, of course, these two idiots from Youngspiration have, have let the mm. genie out of the bottle. But, mm. but the fact is, I think the bottle was about to be smashed anyway. I think we've been paying insufficient attention. I say we, I mean, you know, the commentariat or whatever, mm. have been paying insufficient attention to what's been going on in the mainland. I mean, why didn't we get it that the most hardline government since... Mao Zedong in Beijing, the government that's locking up lawyers who defend human rights um, um, suspects in, in court case, cracking down on even the mildest of media criticism, using the anti-corruption purge to just weed out anybody who the leadership doesn't like, um, sending even more... Um, very, very um, tough-looking military... Well, not tough-looking, tough, looking, tough uh, military um, contingents into Xinjiang to, mm. to make sure there isn't any separatist activity, etc. Why did anybody who mm. was looking at that not imagine that somehow Hong Kong would be affected by this? I think the young Spiration pair were like manna from heaven to Beijing. They never thought that you'd have idiots of this nature who would give them the perfect excuse to move. But I think they were thinking of moving anyway. And I really do. I think is, this is the move. Why has it taken so long to get to this point then? Well, I think Hong Kong's not the priority. I mm. think that's, that's it's as simple as that. You know, I mean, there's a lot on the plate of the um, Chinese leadership. And what's interesting about what's on the plate is that a lot of what the Chinese leadership does now, it's very clear, is to put politics first. You know, you, you, you look at this thing, I, I, I personally think it's a bit of a joke, but Anyway, it's all taken terribly seriously down here. This one belt, one road nonsense. I mean, that's 98.6% political and 1.4% or whatever it is uh, economic. I mean, that's all about spreading China's influence into the region. Now, that is going to cost, if half of what they say they're going to do is going to be done, that is going to cost the Chinese economy without any benefit whatsoever, squillions and squillions of UN or dollars in new money. And, you know, it's about politics. So they're basically saying, yeah, economics, very important, we'll keep talking about it as though it matters, but hey, the real thing is power, spread of influence. So in these ways, and of course within China itself, I mean, knocking very talented officials out of positions within both economic organisations and the government itself for political reasons, I mean, they may well be corrupt, but hey, 
I don't think it's a great revelation that corruption exists within the People's Republic. But, you know, they're all at it. It's just which ones do you, which ones do you select for persecution? Well, there but does seem to be that, a very finite uh, it, it, uh, there section, does. doesn't there, that has yeah. been uh, but, I mean, but my point is that, that this will... If, if, if the choice is between um, economic advance and economic improvement or political control, the current leadership is always, always going for political control. So, as I say, it seems to me that... I mean, your question is quite valid. Why did it take so long for them to get onto Hong Kong? I don't know the answer. I'm just thinking it's because they were looking at bigger fish before they 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 got down here. Mm, and, and you know, the extension beyond Article 23 should it go through is uh, is then um, how long are you and I going to be sitting here well, having this conversation? There, there is that. There is. I mean, you see, you see this this cockamamie rubber stamping process, which is being dressed up as the chief executive election. Where you, you know, which one thousand two hundred people apparently are entitled to vote on all of, on behalf of all of us because we're far too stupid to do it. But even there, even there, they are now ruling out. They're using bureaucratic means to weed out even the elections for the membership of the election committee. And remember, this is mm. a stacked election committee. They cannot lose. They've got a cast iron majority of votes to do Beijing's bidding. This is a majority in which there are more people representing fishermen and agricultural workers than there are representing people in the high-tech industry. I mean, the whole thing is, of course, a complete farce. But even within the farce, because like the old system, and I say the old system because it's disappearing by the day, there was always... A, a sort of need to create some credibility so there were democratic elements in it you know in some sectors mm. you you can vote i mean you know my day job in the catering industry means i can't vote mm. in this election even though um like many people in that industry um i'm you know i'm i'm at it every day the only people in my company for example one person can vote and that's been delegated to somebody else but who will vote the right way, mm. I hasten to say, mm. assuming there's a choice of candidates, which is not always the case. But, you know, so catering industry is one of the biggest industries in Hong Kong. We have practically um, no chance to actually exercise a vote within that industry. Where there is an opportunity, for example, this, this concerns the um, planning, and I can't remember what the constituency is called, but it's it's around planning and architecture. They've screened out six candidates purely on <coughs> technical grounds. They all happen to be Democrats. Mm. And this will go on when we have the by-elections for the New Territories East and New Territories West, after these two have been expelled, as they will be um, from LegCo. And let's not be complacent about that, because the, the white terror... Is on the rampage, but as I say, mm. after they've been expelled, people will be screened out Before from the, from, mm, from mm. Um, contesting that election as night follows day. They will be going after other um, other members of LegCo who who are disliked by the administration. They will be trying, and this is an old Singaporean con uh, this is an old Singaporean tactic. They will be very busy. Just watch this. You heard it here first. They'll be very busy trying to bankrupt politicians and people in the media this is a big singaporean tactic um who, who who stand up to them by endless court cases draining their funds down to zero and then they get declared bankrupt then they can't do this and they can't do that 
etc etc so you know boy is there more to come absolutely well i suppose the the argument but you're bringing up singapore there and you know some people say well singapore is working perfectly actually you know everybody's having a nice life and living a good a good time okay maybe they can't stand on stand up and say much about what's going yeah. on but still you know life is good well life is good for for, for for people who shut up and get on with it life isn't good for the for the small community of people in singapore who've decided that you know, they want to take at face value the protestation that Singapore is a democratic country. Life is very not good for them. But you're right, most people in Singapore not only support the system, but do so quite enthusiastically. Don't deny that for a moment. But isn't Singapore that... isn't, of course, Hong Kong. <laughs> Sing- no, no, but I mean, I'm saying that seriously. It's a much smaller place. Sure, but in 30 years' time, <laughs> it will have, Hong Kong will have had 50 years of this, which is really what Singapore has had. After 50 years, it's been drummed into you so so much that you... Let's see. I mean, the big, <laughs> big difference, and, and this is a difference which... Even I, I used to go to Singapore a lot for reporting, and it, it was always impressed on me there. And isn't much talked about outside of Singapore. The big difference is even the most critical people in Singapore of the government are very aware of the volatility of the racial divisions in the country, which mm. we don't have in Hong Kong. It's mm. essentially a Chinese society, and they they understand why it's dangerous <coughs> to rock the boat too much because it could then start encouraging what what in fact has happened in when singapore was part of malaysia race riots and what have you so you know they are they have a different dynamic at play there which is which is significant um you know comparisons with hong kong are, are interesting but they don't have that element but nevertheless what what you say is 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 seemingly coming true here which is that the the authorities here whoever they be are now at the point where they they're not letting any risk go through everything has got to be clamped down to the nth degree yes. and, and that is similar to, yes, to uh, singapore yes 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 and and i think there will be more similarities hmm. and you know then the question is will you will you be able to pay buy off the population in the way that the People's Action Party has. And remember, the difference between the governing elite here and the governing elite there is they started from different places. The People's Action Party started as a, a social democratic party. They were part of the Socialist International. Lee Kuan Yew took them into the Socialist International. And, you know, they genuinely believed in public housing. It's an enormous thing in, in, in Singapore. They genuinely believed in public hospitals and public hospitals in Singapore are extremely good. They invested thousands and thousands of dollars in public education. Flashback to Hong Kong and the elite here is essentially a rich cap elite. Very different mindset. Steve Vines is with us as ever on a Thursday morning. We'll have a couple of tunes and news and come back with Steve very shortly. Vines is with us. Uh, I thought it was over, but it's not. <laughs> Some are saying we hope it's over. <laughs> Sorry, not, listener. Not at all. Not at all. He's back. Um, okay, you know we've talked about uh, some of those uh, those particular po- political things. Let's let's talk about a few other things. Window cleaning. There's yeah, a thing. Hey, hey. There's a thing. Now, apparently, apparently. Uh, um, the government has finally noticed that people, and these are, of course, members of the lower class, so we shouldn't spend too much time mm. thinking about them. You know, worse than lower class, they're, 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 they're domestic servants. So they're of no value whatsoever. Mm. But the government has noticed that some of them, I'm talking flippantly, this isn't flippant, <laughs> some of them have been falling out of windows while they've been cleaning them to, to a fatal degree. Mm. And quite rightly, the, the migrant worker 
organisations have... And, and to be fair, some of the trade unions, notably the Confederation of Trade Unions, has been calling attention to this and saying, yeah, this is just ridiculous. Mm. You know, these, these... And then women, I was going to say these women, there's no... I don't think there's any men involved. It's, it's women of all ages mm. are being forced to hang literally hang out of tower block windows so we're talking 40 floors up here yes yeah yes Mm. i mean this is dangerous by any standard so you would have thought the government would say well see you know we've actually seen people dying from this Mm. shall we take action so the philippines if you remember unilaterally imposed a new clause in contracts saying this wasn't part of the duties of um domestic workers coming from the philippines other embassies or consulates i should say didn't do that but anyway they had talks with the, the government and mm. they came out with a bold decisive move which was <laughs> as they do. to do nothing yeah they then sort of thought oh gosh nothing doesn't look too mm. here we go here we go got an idea what we'll do is we'll say that for new contracts we'll put in a clause and if anybody forces their domestic worker to, to hang out a window and clean it, we'll definitely... And then there's a silence. <laughs> They'll definitely do what? It's, it, it, you know, what are the penalties mm. for putting somebody in a lethal work situation? Now, if they had incorporated this into the labour law, which seems to me Reasonable. the obvious thing to yeah. do... I, I know we talked about Singapore before the break. That's actually what happens in Singapore. Mm. Um... You, you you have then you have um, a whole regime of obligations, penalties, and responsibilities. So well, one would think that they would look to another you, regime to see what other people well, do. No, no, but you could do you could do it within Hong Kong's <laughs> own sure. laws. That's yeah. what that's that's what I'm saying. But they haven't done that. So this strikes me as the worst kind of nominalism. You know, talking big about taking action, talking very small about doing anything about it. And why on earth this only applies to new contracts? So what they're saying is if somebody is put in a literally life-threatening situation between contracts, well, that's okay then. I mean, this is just bonkers. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I Mm. mean, Matthew Jung um, keeps saying, oh, well, this is a compromise. Well, wait a minute. Compromise about what? Compromise between a literally life-threatening work situation and one that isn't? What's the compromise that he's trying to draw there? I mean, of course, let's... How does Be it... rational. Most most mm. employees are responsible, and they don't put their staff in these situations. But as ever, the whole purpose of the law is to deal with the rogue elements. So if I'm running a factory, say, and I want one of my employees to hang out of the window and clean the, the window of the factory... I wonder how that situation compares with that of the domestic helper. That's, a, that's is... an extremely good question, to which I don't know the answer. Mm, mm. But I, I wonder that as well. Mm. I mean, I do know that, that there are health and safety regulations um, in factories. There's, there, there's a whole regime. I mean, I know about this from the food industry. There's a whole regime about protective clothing and blah, 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 mm. and which seems to me perfectly right. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, one, so would think, one would think that one are, would think there is mm, such a thing. That's mm, an interesting question. Mm, I don't know the answer. Mm, Maybe mm. one of our very erudite listener yes. could <laughs> help us with that one. Well, please drop us a text. Yeah, let, let us know. Um, okay, well, let's talk about some other stuff. This is an interesting story. This one about um, Joseph Lau. Oh, Joseph Lau. Yes, Shall yes. We, well, first please, of all, please respect his property, <laughs> privacy. It is, let's put it in perspective. Can you just explain for those who don't know who is Joseph? Okay, Lau? so Joseph Lau is is a fugitive from justice at the moment. He, he's, mm. he's wanted um, for 
quite serious criminal offences, and uh, apparently he's too ill. Poor oh. man, he's too ill to, 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 to face these charges. He's hmm. the boss of China Estates, one of the bigger uh, property companies. And <coughs> he's also quite well known for um, his, um, what, what I believe are known as romantic affairs. So, oh, what like are, all... What are they? What are, are they? they? Yes, I mean, and <laughs> and what I find so remarkable, and maybe you can explain this, is is how, you <laughs> know, know, women in their 20s are so vitally attracted to these gentlemen in their 60s, 70s and 80s. I, I'm sure there's some chemistry... 60s, 70s and 80s, some, yes. some chemistry there that I don't understand, can't possibly be anything to do with money, although he then goes and takes out full-page adverts. Yeah, this is in, the interesting bit, isn't it? Full-page adverts in uh. papers saying that his former girlfriend, who's a former Miss Hong Kong, this is uh, Yvonne Liu, um, had... Uh, get, get this, I mean, it sounds like a lot of money to me, but probably not to you. Um, <laughs> she's been given $2 billion worth of gifts and use of his private plane. I mean, I... Mm. Used to do that all, all the time. Private planes, yeah. no, hardly special, are they? It's a bit boring now. Boring. So. Oh, everybody's got one. <laughs> <laughs> no air miles. <laughs> no air miles. The whole thing's a nightmare. <laughs> and sometimes they park far away from the top. Oh, God, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, trust me, it's a hardship. Um, but apparently, she's got this two million bucks worth. She's been given lots of property and blah blah blah. And he took out these adverts to say that. Um, he's had enough and uh, he'll carry on giving her money because of his children. I mean, what is the mentality that you put a public advert in? Oh, and then retreat and say, oh, As please, if anybody cares. Please, well, they do care because it's great slicious gossip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. But, you know, you, you can't then go, oh, please respect my privacy. No, 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 Mr. Now, when you put an advert in a newspaper covering an entire page, you don't want any privacy. Um, or if you do, you want it purely on your terms. I but didn't. I didn't see the original ad, but um, uh, the SNP says that uh, it also revealed that he undergo uh, undergone a, a kidney transplant and he could still play mahjong. Hey, I missed that. <laughs> I did read the ad. I completely missed that. Gosh, I'm so slack. <laughs> that, <laughs> I wonder what other details um, were mentioned in yeah. that. Um, oh. I mean, he actually... I mean, by the standards of local tycoons, he's not that old. He's only only 65. Mm. Um, the, the, you know, the average age of the tycoonery in Hong Kong is more, more around the 70s and 80s. But anyway, that, that's another minor detail. I just thought I'd throw it in. What do we, and what, they, they, they also seem to have these young ladies who are highly attracted to them. It's, it's, yes, it's a miracle. Yes, like, I, I don't understand that whatsoever. A former Miss Hong Kong semi-finalist, yes. Yes, yes. He apparently met her in, 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 in London. She was serving in a shop selling jewellery. As, uh, as you do. As you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm often in London buying well, jewellery. It's, no. it's, it's good to have a bit of non-political gossip, though, for a, for a <laughs> moment, is, I mean, isn't it? <coughs> well, well, well but, but, I mean, I... I genuinely don't understand the mentality of these people but I, I i'm just thinking if i was sitting there with with various squillions of dollars and you know i'd broken up with this one or that one mm. what, what would make you put an advert in the newspapers about it <laughs> i don't get that i mean call me thick but i completely <laughs> don't get that at all it's just it's a tycoon thing isn't it i mean it is we, i suppose we, we, we won't start talking about what's going on in the in the 51 states uh, over the over the way <laughs> but it, but you could see perhaps yeah. there are some parallels well, mind there. you there's a tycoon there who quite likes a bit of publicity I, 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 I'm uh, not the sure name the name escapes no, me don't know yes don't know um, he, he seems to like younger women as well including his daughter which is 
very, very weird. I think let's not let's let's go down go there, shall we? Well, why don't we talk Claudia Moe? Oh, let's talk Claudia Moe, yes. So, Claudia Moe, um, a month after um, the new ledge code, well, not even a month, actually, less than a month, suddenly discovers that she's had a long-running um, dislike, or dis- mm. maybe dislike, is it? Long-running differences with the Civic Party, which mm. has only just come to light after the election, and therefore she's quitting and going off on her own. I mean, this is self-indulgence. I'm, I'm sure she does have differences. I, I have no reason to believe. I think a lot of people in the Civic Party have differences with Claudia Moe, not least her ruthless self-ambition and self-publicising. But... It is a bit weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird, and mm. I'm afraid this is one of the problems. I'm sorry to keep going everything round in circles, but we're at a time a crucial time in Hong Kong's history where the Democrats are going to come under more and more ferocious attack. This sort of self-indulgent nonsense from Claudia Moe is just not acceptable. Mm. But unfortunately, it is symptomatic of what's happening in the Democratic camp, that instead of uniting, instead of saying, look, we're under attack, the best way to face that attack is to present a solid front. You know, um, various prima donnas are, are marching off in this and that direction. We'll see what happens when the by-elections are called, which will be fairly soon. I mean, there is some talk that the Democrats will unite and just put up one candidate, which is the obvious and sensible thing to do. Oh. Let, let's see if that happens. Mm. I'm mm. not putting any money on it happening whatsoever. I wish I could, but I'm not. I, I mean, just going back to Claudia for a second... Um, you know, is the Claudia Mo thing? You know, are there some actually parallels with Joseph Lau? And and the, the way the, the way that I'm thinking is that some some would say that in Hong Kong there is very much a me 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 culture, and it, and the Claudia Mo thing does seem to be symptomatic of a me me me, as indeed is the Joseph Lau thing. And we and there are quite a lot of other instances of yeah, uh, there are there are. I is, mean, is, I, is I that, don't know whether that's peculiarly Hong Kong. I mean. Hong Kong's very fishbowly, so mm. you know the thing is that a lot of us, you, you know, I mean things go on where I come from in Britain, which which are similar to this, but but because it's a much bigger country, I don't tend to know all those. You don't people. notice it, yeah. yeah? Well, no, I was going to mm. say, but you don't tend to know them mm. in the way that you would in Hong Kong, just because it's a smaller place. So the the political and the personal gets closer together. These publicity seekers. Because they're publicity seekers, they do make it their business to get around. So you are likely to come have been in touch with them at some time. Is that what makes the politics, if you like, here worse? I wonder. Mm. I wonder about that. I hadn't thought about that, but just as you said that, I'm just wondering if that, that is so. I mean, you, you know, the, the, there's these idiots, and I'll name names if you want me to, but there's oh, these idiots who... <laughs> <laughs> who, who are busy writing columns saying, oh, it's very bad in Hong Kong. There's lots of personal attacks in politics. Yes. Um, can, I, can you <laughs> identify a single place on the planet where that doesn't happen? I mean, that certainly didn't happen in the American election. Never. never. For example, there was one idiot who wrote a piece saying, oh, you know, Churchill would never have, have, have stooped to personal attacks on his opponents. Churchill? Give me a break. He was very famous for doing that. You know, the uh, many... I mean, his insults uh, 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 mm. are things people still talk about, not not least because they were so well-crafted. Mm. Mm. But maybe it's the small-town politics thing. It you, is, and that makes it sharper and mm. more personal. You know, as they always say, <laughs> as the stakes are lower, <laughs> the, the, the venom is higher. Well, the stakes aren't low for people who live here, but, you know, on a global scale, let's be realistic, Hong Kong isn't the epicentre of the globe. 
Maybe it should be. Maybe it should be. Steve, as ever, thanks for your insight. Back next Thursday. Maybe.